What a mighty God we serve. I want to return to a passage of scripture from last week, Acts chapter 4. I want to look at, just to read in your hearing again, Acts chapter 4 verse 13 is our pivotal verse, but certainly want to lift up verse 5. Through 14. Reading from the Revised Standard Version of the Bible, and it reads thusly On the morrow, their rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in their midst, they inquired, By what power? By what, by what power or by what name do you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and people of the elders, If we are being examined today concerning the good deed done to this cripple, this lame man, by what means this man has been healed, be it known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. By him this man is standing before you well. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders. But which has become the head of the corner. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven. Given among men and women, human beings. Where we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. And they perceived that they were uneducated common men. They wondered and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who had been healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. Thus far the scripture. God, we are eternally grateful for your goodness and the grace that you have afforded us. We pray that you will bless now, O oh God, the preaching of your word. We pray for increase today. We pray, God, that souls might be saved, that persons may unite with our church. But in the end, God, we pray that your name will get all the glory. We pray, God, that no other name today will get the glory but the name of Jesus. That somebody might fall in love with Jesus. Somebody might fall in love with the name of Jesus. That we may all be bold witnesses. Of what Jesus has done in our lives. This is our prayer. We pray it by faith in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. As long as you keep these hot for me. I'll be fine. Amen. Last week we preached from the subject. Guilty by association. Didn't get to finish it. Because we don't want to keep you in church too long. So today we want to preach the part two of it. Amen. Guilty by association part two. But I want to raise a question this week. In with Jesus. Have you been with Jesus? The text says that in verse 13, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they wondered 
And then they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who had been healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. Pray my strength in the Lord today. Have you been with Jesus? What does it mean for someone in America today to be with Jesus? Any thinking person of faith would be asking the question, if you're a good, solid, thinking person of faith, which Jesus are you talking about? Because obviously there are Jesuses, uh, all Jesuses are not the same. Isn't that right, Miss Carissa? We're learning that all Jesuses are not the same. It seems like there are at least two Jesuses running around in the churches of these yet-to-be United States of America. One Jesus in this country is a tool of white culture, a social construction, if you will, to give people a form of godliness without any moral consciousness or ethical or social demands for being associated with Jesus. In other words, it's, it's, a, it's a Jesus that's not relevant for struggling people. It's a Jesus that we praise on Sunday but has no social obligations on a, a Monday. It's the Jesus that James Cone describes in his book, The Cross and the Lynching Tree, in which Jesus is worshiping the sanctuary of southern white churches, churches and Negroes are lynched in the backyards of the church as entertainment during the fellowship moment. It's the Jesus that encourages religious rituals without any regard for moral and ethical demands on the worshiper. It's like, just go to church, but don't act like God in the world. Don't do the work of justice. Do not seek to lift labels off the lives of people. Get your shout on, get your praise on, but no obligations to change the lives of God's people. That's, that's one Jesus. And then there's another Jesus running around in some churches, a few churches. Amen. The other Jesus is a liberator. He comes in the office of prophet, priest, and the king. He's a prophet, all right, because he raises hell everywhere he goes. He's a rebel rouser. He's an insurgent. He's a revolutionary at best. He speaks truth to power and the powerful people. But he's not just a social activist and a revolutionary. He's also a priest. He has a devout prayer life throughout which uh, he uses to prepare for the work of the kingdom. And after having done the work of the kingdom, this Jesus, come on, he refreshes himself after doing the work of the kingdom with prayer. He's a king also. He is establishing a new world order. He has power and authority to heal diseases and drive out demons from the citizens of his kingdom. This Jesus demands self-love and self-sacrifice as prerequisites for loving one another. Jesus, This Jesus says, you love your neighbor 
as you love yourself. He says stuff like count the cost because I don't want you to embarrass me when, by starting off with me and then when the pressure comes, you quit on me. So he says stuff like count the cost before you come follow me. He says stuff like if anyone would come after me, let them first deny themselves. Take up their cross. Take up my cross and follow me. This Jesus does not label people. He lifts labels off of people. This Jesus treats women like people and not property. This woman does not grab women's privates. Come on, you can't, you can't grab women's privates in the name of this Jesus. You cannot abuse women, refuse women, deceive women in the name of this Jesus' name. This Jesus does not blame victims for their victimization. This Jesus blesses them with boldness so that they can be victorious in building their lives and rebuilding their voices. This is a different Jesus from the one most of us have been raised on. Blue-eyed, blonde here. Jesus that is etched in the uh, stained glass windows of our cathedrals and our sanctuaries, but does not push us and promote for us an agenda that looks like God walking around in the world. That's a different Jesus. I used to wonder as a young preacher how I can listen to some sermons and, 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 and it made me feel like doing nothing. And then I listened to another sermon and it made me feel like I had a mandate from God to go be like God in the world at large. And so in order for us to understand what is going on in this text, we got to understand who this Jesus of Nazareth is and what does he give us when we are with him or in relationship with him. The disciples in this text they were acting like they had been with Jesus. That's what Luke records in the book of Acts. And when you are associated with this Jesus, you act like him. Come on, y'all. How do you act? Since you go to church and praise Jesus. Come on, y'all. Peter and John are reported in this biblical story to be exhibiting boldness akin to that of Jesus of Nazareth. In other words, Peter and John are acting just like Jesus. Peter and John got the spirit of Jesus on them. They got the attitude of Jesus on them. They are bold about their witness. They are bold about what it is that they believe. They are bold about the work that they are doing. If you've been with Jesus, you ought to act like Jesus. Come on, tell your neighbor, if you've been with him, you ought to act like him. Y'all know we done been with people and pick up their spirits. Come on, y'all. If you're with somebody, you ought to pick up some of their habits, some of their attitudes, some of their spirit. That's why y'all be careful who y'all be with. Come on, my God. Some folk, uh, you don't want their spirits to come upon you, their attitude to come upon you. You're like, oh, no, this sweetness might be good, but this spirit ain't good for me. Come on. They were acting like they had 
been with Jesus of Nazareth. In other words, they cared about the plight of people in perilous positions. They sought to treat people's needs as though they are holy, as Aubrey Hendricks reminded us in his books, The Politics of Jesus. One such group of people was those impacted by the empire's policy towards the poor and the marginalized. They are called the lame in this Bible story. The boldness Peter and John are demonstrating in chapter 4, though, is fueled by what happened in chapter 3. In chapter 3, it is reported that there's a man who had been lame from his birth. He is now 40 years old, and for the first time in his life, he is able to walk. Come on, y'all. This man is a product of collusion by conservative, organized religion and a political system hell-bent on maintaining the status quo in which the rich gets richer and the poor gets poorer and the sick gets sicker and die. That's what this man in the text, oh come on, is, is a result of, he's a liability. He has to be carried to the temple every day to beg. Nobody is helping him to learn a trade or something now. They just put him at the gate called beautiful to beg. He is labeled as lame. And when you let people label you, then they can demonize you. And what do you do with demons? You cast them out. Don't you ever let anybody label you. Because when folk label you, they will demonize you. And when they demonize you, they will cast you out at any given moment. The man is, he has been labeled as lame. He can't walk, y'all. He's limited. He can't walk or is he assisted in any way to be able to walk. He cannot do what normal human beings can do. And the Bible says, that Peter and John healed this lame man. Come on, y'all. Peter and John healed this lame man. There he was at the temple, right in front of the church house. Folk coming in and out, and the man sitting there begging, as was his custom. And the people giving alms to him, as was their obligations as well. But he's sitting there begging. And then Peter and John, filled with the Holy Ghost and filled with the boldness that only comes from your relationship with Jesus. Peter and John looked at him when he begged them for arms and they said unto him silver and gold have I none but such as I have I give unto thee rise and walk and for the first time in his own life in his whole life this man got up and started walking and jumping and praising God such is the power of the gospel that we preach it can cause folk who are lame all their lives to get up and walk again. Stay with me just a minute here. No one who walked into this sanctuary today with on their own readily admit, Carissa, that they are lame, would they? Nobody. In other words, we practice what we call distancing. In other words, we dis the lameness of the man because we walked in here. But I contend that if we look at lameness, not just in physical manifestation, but if we look at lameness only as a metaphor, come on, my God, and that all of us up in here, come on, have some level of lameness in our lives. God help us today. 
The word lame in this text is a translation of the Greek word uh, hupako. And hupako literally means not inability to walk. But this is the thing that fascinates me about Bible study. It means to begin from below. <laughs> Woo! In other words, to make a beginning from the bottom. Hupako describes those who began this life at the bottom. Come on. In other words, uh, to be lame means uh, uh, something is missing. There's a lack in your life. Something is withheld. Something is needed but never provided. Come on now. All of us came here lame. And if we are who we are today, it's because somebody, come on, my God, gave us a lift from the bottom of the barrel and we got to wherever we are in life. You did not come here with all you got right now. Come on. You didn't, you, you didn't buy me the way you are right now. I'm going to say it in Trinidadian for you. Amen. You, you didn't bond like that. You came here. Oh my God, you came here lame. Tell your neighbor, you came here lame. On all of us came here lame. You didn't come here with all your guts. We came here lame. We were all born lame. We arrived here lame. Whether by cesarean section or natural vaginal birth, you came here lame. Here's the rest of the story. Single parents or both parents, you still got here lame. Rich parents or poor parents, you still got here lame. Straight parents or gay parents, you got here lame. Addicted parents or non-addicted parents, parents who drink liquor or parents who smoke blots, all of us came here lame. And when you got here lame, come on, my God, somebody helped you. God help us today. We all began this life from below the stretch line. As my homiletics professor, Dr. Samuel Proctor, used to always say to us, he says, not all of us came here above the scratch line. Some of us came here, come on, below the scratch line. In other words, we had to struggle to get to where we are. We had to fight to get to where we are. We had some battles to fight, some demons to get past, to get to where we are. So you better come on and give God some praise for the life that you have because you were not as smart as you are right now. Somebody open the door for you. Come on, y'all. Is there anybody here who can testify? Come on. Somebody took a chance on you. Oh, you were the least likely to succeed, but somebody took a chance on you. Some, oh my God, I'm just trying to preach my own self happy today. Somebody exposed you to something your family didn't give you, didn't have it to give you, gave you a roof over your head, gave you a family. Come on, it was a great foster care that allowed you to have the family that you have. I'm just talking about folks who can admit that they did not get here oh my god fully packaged the way you are right now you might have been born with a little silver spoon in your mouth but you got here needing something to make it to where you are right now somebody took a chance on you somebody gambled on you Ooh. 
Somebody opened some doors for you that was shutting your face. Somebody took you places you have never been. Shown you things that you have never seen. Help you to be things you have never been in your life before. So don't get it twisted with your blessed and highly favored self. That if it had not been for God who was on your side, you would not have what you have. You would not be who you are. You would not be able to do what you do. It is because of the goodness of Jesus. Come on, my God. It is because somebody prayed for you. Somebody kept you on their mind. Somebody fed you a religion that made you, oh my God, strive for more. Want to be more. Want to do more. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't come here the way I am right now. And I wasn't as strong as I am right now. Come on, y'all. Somebody, somebody gave me a little something, a little hand up. Uh, my, 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 my mama gave me a, the discipline of prayer. I tell you, I might have a lot of problem with that lady. But oh, my God. But she taught me how to pray. Come on. Every night she would pray and every morning she would pray is nothing like a mother who can give you the discipline of prayer and teach you about a God consciousness and teach you about treating folk right come on y'all we didn't come here the way we are we all came here lame starting from below the scratch line and, and somebody with the help of Jesus gave us a hand up don't you get it twisted come on tell your neighbor don't don't you get it twisted just because you drive a little car that don't break down every other month come on Mark, don't don't you get it twisted that that because you and your husband together you and your wife together that, that somehow or the other you did something better than others did no if it had not been for the land of Jesus on your life. You wouldn't even have the sense enough. Come on now. You live in a house that you didn't have the education to really get the loan. But somebody opened the door for you. Come on y'all. Somebody made a way for you. That's what Jesus do for you. You see, and when you acknowledge that you began from the bottom and you get blessed by being with Jesus, you develop a boldness unlike anything anyone has ever seen. Oh, God, I'm going to try to see. See, when you acknowledge, I, I started at the bottom. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to be on top. Uh, my, my dear, you know, in, in, in Trinidad, we got this thing about names, you know, uh, in the islands. See, in America, it's just this white and black kind of stuff, you know. And we got our own racism down the islands, too. But, but when you got certain names, certain names are open doors for you. But see, Cox was not a name that opened doors for you. And, and uh, 
Huh? My mama's name is Cox, Yvonne Cox. Amen. Uh, yes, Yvonne Cox. I'm, uh, that's my, that's, uh, Cox didn't open no doors. And Espinosa is a nice name. It sounds nice, but, but Espinosa don't open too many doors. Come on. In other words, you, you ought to have a name <laughs> that can open some doors for you. And, and it wasn't, come on, Ashley. I was raised in the Catholic Church, and you can be a good Catholic and never be bold about the name Jesus. You can go to the church all your life as a Catholic and still don't know the power of the name Jesus. You should have seen me the first time I got saved, Mr. Jackson, and trying to say Jesus as a, you know, as a new Christian. And never, I I was 19 years old, I got saved and trying to preach the gospel, and but I had not been accustomed to the name Jesus. So I I had to develop, oh God, I used to be in the bathroom in the name of Jesus. Am I saying it right? In the name of Jesus. Ah, in the name of Jesus. I want to know where where to put the emphasis, you know, because some folks say, uh, uh, Jesus. Uh, but but I, I wanted to learn the name Jesus, but, but there is something about when you call on the name Jesus. Come on. Uh, and that thing starts to get in your belly and you start to feel a little bit of strength uh, and you start to just, you know, stand with your shoulders square and you're able to look at diseases and disasters and circumstances in your life and say, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> it's like, I got this one. Come on, my God. I don't care where the emphasis is. It could be Jesus or Jesus. It does not matter as long as I am in relationship with Jesus. I got boldness. Ah. Jesus, uh-huh. he has a habit, Peggy, of lifting people from the bottom. <laughs> All of us got here lame. But Jesus will lift you from the bottom and put you on top. Come on, my God. That's, that's what I like about him. Now, I told you, why is this important? You know, Reverend Nita always asks me. Now, you got to ask the question, why is this, this message important? Why should I listen? I told you last week why it is. In this era of 45, you're going to need boldness. Especially to live in this red state of ours. Come on, my God. And in the world at large in general, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Come on, we got a president, oh my God, who is just engendering a bigotry and misogyny and violence against women and the discrediting of women's, oh my God, personalities and humanity is going to get worse before it gets better but I'm telling you you need to know who your Jesus is and the power that comes from the name of Jesus so when you get on your job and they call you names come on my God you ought to be able to square your shoulders and tell them in the name of Jesus of Nazareth I am a child of the living God born and created with a mission and a mandate on my life 
Come on, my God. My integrity is not for sale. My reputation is not for sale. And you are not going to treat me any other way. And expect me to just sit here and take it. Come on, y'all. That's why you ought to care. You ought to care. Because when your children come home. And they tell you that they've been called nigger lovers on their jobs. And little niggers and niggers on their job. You ought to be able to tell your children you are a child of God. And in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Come on my God. No one will silence you. Ah. You ought to have boldness about yourself. Now boldness in this text, uh, Dr. Dixon, uh, comes from that Greek word, parousia. And parousia meaning, listen to it, without ambiguity or concealment. It means free and fearless con confidence. It means cheerful courage. I like that one. Uh, when you got cheerful courage, you can laugh at folk and be strong at the same time. It's like, don't let this smile on my face fool you. Oh, you can't, you can't talk to me like that because I am a child of God. And don't bring that foolishness to me that because I am a Christian, that if you disrespect me, I'm going to stand and take it in the name of Jesus. No, I'm not going to take it in Jesus' name. I'm going to make you respect me in Jesus' name. All the while smiling. Cheerful courage and being with Jesus will give you that kind of boldness. Now, there are two groups of people exhibiting boldness in this Bible story. Maybe you can celebrate with me a little bit and we'll be all right here. Amen. Go get some food today. There are two groups of people. There are two groups of people, Julian. Come on. One is the lame man. And the lame man who ain't scared to be on display was one who got healed from his lameness in the name of Jesus. Y'all see him in the text? Come on. In verse, in verse 14, he's just standing there. <laughs> Woo, I like that. I like that. that. That when you have been healed of your lameness, sometimes uh, you ain't got to say a whole lot. <laughs> you just got to stand there. And those who know you, Oh my God, they know that you used to be immobile. You used to be a liability. You used to be limited. Oh, but look at you now. Come on, you can pay your own bills. Come on, they don't have to run from you when they see you coming. Oh, they don't have to hit decline when they see your name pop up on their tell. Oh, I'm trying to help you understand. In other words, you are no longer a liability. Uh, it takes boldness to be on display for Jesus. Now this lame man, uh, down on the lame man is about 40 years old. And he's just now getting it together. <laughs> I want you to hear me today. 40 years old, Quita. And he's just now getting it together. All his life, he was lame. 40 years is a long time to be lame. Come on, tell your neighbor, 40 years is a long time time to be lame 
Ooh, I love it, I love it, I love it. Oh, but Jesus lifted him from where he was. Come on, my God. And there began his life anew. Now tell somebody next to you, it's never too late. Come on, my God. Ah, to get it together with the help of Jesus. And when Jesus helped you, Oh, you'll get a certain boldness about you. Come on, my God. That's why you ain't shy no more. I know y'all looking at me today and y'all help me make all this noise in church. But you know, I really used to be a very shy boy. <laughs> very shy. When I was selling my chickens, you know, I walk up to your door, you know, <laughs> and I said, Miss Johnson, chicken boy. <laughs> knock, knock, chicken boy. Uh, how much for it? $29.50. I looking down on the ground all the time, you know, Miss Johnson. Amen. But then I started going to church. And I started reading that thing called the Bible. And I started reading about this Jesus who went into the temple. My God. And they, they had made his father's house a den of thieves. And this man got the oh got cleaning up stuff, tearing up stuff. And I discovered there's a boldness about you. Come on, y'all. Uh, it ain't too late to get bold for Jesus. It's not too late to get bold for folk. You are entitled to a better life. Come on, y'all. You are entitled to a better life. When folk tell you no, ask the question, why? <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, you don't qualify. Why? Uh, you don't qualify for this loan. Can you show me uh, some comparable folks uh, that you told them no as well? I, I wonder if we get the same loan credits in North Nashville as in South Nashville. Come on now. Oh, you ought to get bold. Bold on your job. It's like, why? Entire, uh, why am I not being promoted on the job? I'm training all my replacements. Come on, y'all. They making more than I'm making. Come on, somebody ought to have some boldness about you. If you go to a justice-loving church, you ought to demand that somebody give you an explanation for why you are being passed over, passed around. 40 years old and he's just now getting a lift in life <laughs> oh, I wonder what we would do if we started lifting folks regardless of what come on y'all come on imagination that's why we press why we pedal around here hope come on now. it's about seeing yourself differently Fallon come on my God it's about saying hey just because it has not happened does not mean it's not gonna happen come on my God it's living your life on tip Waiting on my next break in life. Well, come on, Julian. Don't, don't you ever let folks say you're getting too old for this part. And that part is like, no, I'm waiting on God. God going to do this thing for me. Come on. I might be old, but I'm not aged out. Come on, my God. I might be old, but time has not passed me by. Give me time with my God, and everything's going to be all right. I don't know about you, but I'm 54, and I want to get better and better every day. I'm 54. I want to run farther. I want to get stronger. I want to learn how to swim. I want to learn how to ride. I want to learn how to dance. I'm going to dance for y'all one day. Oh my God. I'm going to dance. It's going to be a miracle. But I trust God for miracles. It is not too late. Stop 
all over. Come on, y'all. Quit complaining about what folk didn't give you. Quit complaining about what you don't have. What your parents didn't give you. Come on now. What they gave you was the best they could give you. They were broken as well. They were jacked up as well. They gave you the best they got. Now take what they gave you and lift your life as a bold child of God. I tell my daughter all the time, what we didn't give you, go find it. Just that simple. We gave you the best we got. And what we didn't give you, go find it. What advice you need, go pay for it. I'll pay the bill for the therapist. Come on, go find it. You are, come on, you, at some point in your life, you got to say, I want better. And you got to be the one to advocate for it. You got to be the one to say, you can't treat me like that anymore. You got to be the one that says, I deserve better. I want more. Just because it has not happened, does not mean it's not going to happen. Come on, my God. Come on and put your hands together for a God who can lift you. Even after the longest part. Come on, Phyllis. You're retired, but God still got work for you to do. Come on, my God. Yeah. 40 years. That's one group of people. One more I'm done. Peter and John are bold in this season. In this season, they're bold. But they won't always. Come on bold people they left Jesus at the cross they weren't bold at the cross but now look at them they're bold and they're preaching Peter cussed a little girl out when she said aren't you one of them Galileans Peter said bleep I ain't one of them they said you talk like them he said bleep come on now if you say it again I'm gonna he ain't want to be associated with Jesus but now after the resurrection and after the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and after now he had been given a Boldness. Come on, my God. The Holy Ghost has come into his life. Now he can speak up. Come on. Ain't nothing like when you look back over your life and you see how God has given you second chances. Come on. And another chance. And another chance. And more chances. The least you can do is to stand up and speak Boldly for him. Come on, my God. Some of you used to be active in church, but you ain't active no more. It's time for you to get bold for him again. You walked away from him. You left the God that indeed saved you. Somebody ran you up out of the church. But I want you to be like Peter and John in this text. You ought to be able to testify. I may not have been bold back then. But I can get bold right now. I may have been sinking deep in sin. Far from the peaceful shore. 
very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. Come on, I've heard the thunder flashing. I've seen the, the lightning flashing and I've heard the thunder roll. I've felt sin breakers flashing, trying to conquer my soul. But then I heard the voice of my Savior. Yeah, he says, still fight on. And he promised never to leave me. Never to leave me alone. No, never alone. Never to leave me alone. That's why I'm bold for him and going to be bold for him because I heard the voice of Jesus saying, Come on to me and rest. Thou lay down, thou weary one lay down, thy head upon my breast. I came to Jesus just as I was weary, wounded, broken, and sad. And I found in him a resting place. Now he has made me glad. I came broken, but he healed me. I came from the bottom, but he lifted me on top. I came with nothing, and he gave me more than I ever imagined. God has done more than I ever expected. Come on, stand. When nothing else could happen, it was love. 